0: welcome to the hr chat podcast bringing the best of the hr talent and leadership communities to you for more episodes and the latest articles covering what's new in the world of work visit hrgazette.com subscribe and follow us on social media
1: dei is front and center in the corporate world and for good reason highly inclusive companies innovate faster attract top talent and, according to Forbes, are more likely to hit their financial targets by up to 120%. Unfortunately, too often we see diversity initiatives like hiring diverse applicants turn DEI into performance quotas. Today's guest says that by combining remote work with new technologies, companies can turn the tides of their company's DEI programs to focus more on building inclusive work environments to help all employees Feel valued and safe. Hello, this is Bill Bannum. I'm the host of this episode of the HR Chat Show, and I'm joined today by Dion Schafner, Chief Diversity Officer of enterprise software company Aurea. Listen as Dion shares ways that she's incorporating DEI into the new tech Aurea and its clients use in order to make teams feel more included within their company's virtual culture be it including pronoun distinction in their video conferencing tools or prioritizing accessibility design elements in virtual workplace environments. Technology has the ability to foster inclusion and connection and we're gonna focus on that today. Dion, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show.
0: Thank you, Bill, for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today.
1: Me too, me too. So let's get straight into it. Uh, Why don't you begin, beyond my reintroduction there, why don't you begin by telling our listeners all about yourself?
0: Sure. Uh, My name is Dionne Schaffner. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I um, am a military brat uh, growing up. And so I was had the benefit of growing up in different cultures, which I think now as I'm in the DEI space has really um, influenced the way I approach the work that I do. I came to the DEI space, not through a traditional HR path, but I have a computer science undergrad, I was a software developer, um, I worked in marketing operations, was then went, got my MBA, did management consulting, and have sort of made my way around to the civic side of things and really started getting involved in nonprofits and really um, some community advocacy in trying to find ways to really remove barriers uh, enable opportunities for those who have, you know, systemically lacked access and resources. And through that work, I uh, ended up in the DEI space, where I was like, "Well, you know, there's a lot of work that our our businesses, our technologies can do to help in this space." And so that's how I ended up in DEI, sort of around the way world. But I'm really excited to be here and really leverage. Um, you know, systems and technology as as uh, elements to how we really move the needle for DEI for for all folks.
1: Dion, I just love your energy. I, I can I can feel your enthusiasm coming through uh, my side of the uh, the podcast chat today. That's fantastic. Um, why don't you now tell us a little bit about Aurea, the, the mission and the problems it tries to solve?
0: Sure. Yes. Um, so well, and here's the other thing is, you know, I, I my Hobbies include dance, musical theater uh all that kind of thing, so I uh really enjoy <laughs> conversations and talking with folks and and pre- presenting so i you know I have a great time doing these podcasts, so thank you for having me for that but yes, um at Oria, what we're really trying to do is drive um innovation by uh really implementing like targeted visions that that benefit our customers' businesses and we have we have three pillars that we focus on. Future of work, which is developing solutions that really foster connection, engagement between people, ideas, and companies' missions. Um, And, you know, now as we see us in the hybrid, global, asynchronous kinds of environments, this this pillar is really important, um, especially as it relates to DEI. So we have the future of work. We have future of commerce, which is where we're modernizing the B2B experience. We're really leveraging the knowledge and the experiences that we know from the B2C side and moving that over to the B2B side. And then the third pillar is future of IT, where we are innovating and empowering sort of the next generation of IT infrastructure in the cloud. So we use those three, um, those three pillars and we have a subscription uh, business model called Aurea Unlimited where our customers get access to all these products and services. So we're really developing relationships with our customers where we're helping on um, all of these aspects by being on the front end of innovation and really helping them drive uh, their own business objectives
1: wonderful thank you very much okay so let, let's get into the hard-hitting questions for today um, let, let, let's start by talking about psychological safety why why is psychological safety so important in the workplace
0: right well, psychological safety um let's define it first right that that really means um individuals feeling welcome and safe to, you know, express their true selves their feelings, their ideas or questions or concerns and their mistakes. And here's the critical part without fear, right? It means that they can do this without worrying about being discriminated or retaliated against or punished, humiliated, you know, or suffering some kind of additional consequences, you know, to their, their position in the company, their image, their status, or, you know, their career development. So it's really this notion of um removing that fear of you know m- making a mistake or or not being accepted for who they are or or what they're trying to bring to the to the table. So that's the sort of the psychological safety piece. And it is important because it is one of the key pillars of inclusion. Right? And we talk about DEI, and we talk about the the results from DEI that you mentioned at the top of the top of the show how it is impacting our business objectives. But here's the the thing. Um, Verna Myers has a great quote that I love. It's diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And I actually like, there's a corollary that says inclusion is being asked to plan the party, right? You can't have the benefits of diversity without inclusion. You can't hire in, you know, and check the box and bring diverse candidates into your organization if they don't feel included meaning they don't feel that they have the opportunity to speak up, that their experiences matter, or that they have the opportunity, um, you know, to participate with all the things that you brought them into the organization for. So this is why that psychological safety piece is so important for all to really, uh, you know, ignite all the DEI benefits that you are like you are promised, you know, by bringing those folks in. And so you really need to um, enable this psychological safety piece. So that was sort of the back now ask the question again because I wanted to make sure that we all knew what we we're talking about when we say psychological safety.
1: Well, what else can build psychological safety in in, in their workplaces?
0: Right. So um, you know, one of the things that um, the highest performing teams we know they have in common, right, is this psychological safety. It's like that they, that you won't be punished when making mistakes. So how do we how do we put in place um, mechanisms where We allow for moderate risk taking, speaking your mind, um, you know, creativity without, you know, again, that fear of, you know, having it cut off, you know, effectively. Um, and so when we look at, um, leaders and there's, there's two things I think that we need to think about that leaders need to consider is the systems and the personal leadership piece of that, right? So how can we build that psychological safety into the workplace. When we think about the systems, we think about transparency and accountability. How we are uh, demonstrating what are what metrics are we tracking? Um, how we're going to hold ourselves accountable to those things, and and making sure that those are available to everyone all and everyone within the organization, right? So that we can look and say, okay, these are the kinds of things that are my organization is going to support. This is how I can participate. So, how do we create those, you know, those systems and those processes so that we can create those opportunities to really to bring out the best in individuals? Do we create spaces for employee voices, right? Do we have, um, you know, discussion places or employee resource groups where people can speak up or town halls where they can have this opportunity to speak up and share their views openly, right? So, are are we creating? As a, as a leadership, as an organization, are we creating those spaces for those voices? Um, are we creating the informal organization, you know, opportunities um, to provide, you know, outside of meetings, you know, people to get to know each other better and, and learn how best to work with one another. Are we providing that opportunity um, for, those, for those experiences to happen? Are we creating... Um, personal spaces, right? What kind of space do we provide our individuals to sort of bra- brainstorm and think and strategize and, you know, throw things up on the wall and be like, hey, here's, here's my thoughts. Or do we have idea boxes? Or you, do, sometimes we need to make them anonymous, right? So that we give people a little more uh, leeway in, in sort of developing that, that, that sort of safe uh, space. And then also, are we creating um, opportunities for personal and professional development? Are we providing training? Are we providing education and awareness resources so that we can get to know um, the the issues and the challenges that each of us are facing so that when we have this opportunity to collaborate, we can consider those things, right? So we have these systems that we can create to enable those kinds of opportunities. And then for leaders, um, you know, their leadership style, there's a lot of great new articles out talking about um, the, you know, the new um, focus on empathy for, you know, our leaders, is, and that's really being able to look at the individual characteristics and experiences of your employees and what that brings to the table and giving space for, um, for differences and embracing those differences, right? Approaching it um, in, in more of a collaborative opportunity, you know, being human. We want, our, we want our leaders to, you know, demonstrate that they're human. Show us your mistakes, right? You lead by example, be like, here, I'm going to demonstrate some vulnerability. I'm going to tell you about this time that I messed this up. I stepped on my own foot and here's how I recovered. And here's what I learned. And when you, as a leader, demonstrate how you want your your employees to participate in the organization, that opens up sort of the safe zone, right? For them to participate. Um, In those ways. So, you know, embracing and normalizing failures and mistakes as, you know, growth opportunities instead of, you know, that was terrible, you're fired, you're out. Um, One of the things I like to to remind people about is, like remember, when you're in grade school, and you're in your maths, and the teacher was always on you to show your work, right? Because sometimes even if you get to the end, and you don't have the right answer, if you can, you know, take her through the analysis of how you got there, you can start to see, oh, I see how you approach this. You, you included this different piece and that's how you got to this other solution. So, you know, really, um, unlayering the end result, you know, of a, you know, supposed failure or a mistake. And so that you can see the growth opportunities along the way. And so normalizing and really embracing those moments of like, Hey, we missed this number. We, you know, we didn't promote this correctly, or this didn't, this product did not, you know, serve the market well. Okay, what did we learn? Let's unpack that instead of everybody's fired, the team is out, we're down, you know. And so, and so that's really how you know our leaders can through through not only through the, creating the systems in the organization, but also in the way that they personally lead um, create the safety in their workplace. Okay, that was probably thank you. Longer than two to three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it was a
1: good answer. And actually, I've got a quick follow up yes. on that, if if you don't mind. How much how much more complicated is it? Due to uh, remote working, um, and what, what I mean by that is, you know, how how much more difficult is it to convey the the, the mission of a company, which includes uh, always trying to ensure that the, the workplace is, is is a safe place, a happy place, when, when one is conveying that to their employees when they're either fully remote or perhaps only coming into the office once, twice a week, and and therefore not having having certain things reinforced. The, in the same ways that perhaps a full-time office-bound employee would, would, would have.
0: Yes, this the 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 virtual and hybrid you know work environment. It, it's here to stay, right? We, it, we came out of the pandemic, um, and I'm, there are definitely many organizations who are like, no, we're going back full time. And employers are like, ah, actually, I kind of liked it a little bit, you know. <laughs> Give me some. And so I think the, um the, there's there's tools and there's connectivity connection, opportunities where um, we can, uh, you know, and and it's not that we want to replicate those feelings from like being in the office when we think about um, hybrid or virtual space, but really how can we use virtual and hybrid space to make it better, right? So when we think about being in the building and creating psych- psychological safety, because we're all hanging out around the coffee pot, you know, in the break room and we're chit-chatting. How do we create that same kind of spontaneous, um, you know, interactions and camaraderie in a virtual space? You know, this is where we start hearing um, the developments in the metaverse, right? Or where you have um, presence indicators on your, on your chat or, you know, in a, in a virtual space where you can say, Oh, Hey, there's Bill. I see his chat light is green. I'm just going to pop in and ask him a quick question, right? So you're trying to you know, create those kind of same opportunities. I think for and your question is around like how do we um, continue the culture in a virtual space versus the culture in the physical space? And I think you have to unpack that to determine, you know, what activities, how are we interacting with one another, Um, influence the culture that we're trying to make, right? So if, if we're trying to create a culture where, Hey, everybody has an opportunity to speak up, you know, in the virtual space, that's even easier because you're like, Hey, here's a anonymous Dropbox. You can type in whatever you want. Um, You know, you can send us feedback this way instead of sitting in a room and, and, you know, having to raise your hand or you're in um, a zoom call and you know, there's a topic and you're looking around the room, and no one's uh, and no one's a- answering the question. And you're trying to include some certain people, you know, in the in the hybrid space. You can send them a quiet, you know, direct message to be like, "Hey, Sharon, I remember you were talking about this in the other meeting. This would be a great time for you to bring that up, right?" And so you can actually use the tools in ways that you couldn't use in the physical space to really um, create more opportunities and invite people in. So. I would, cha- I would, I would guess I would challenge that question to say, not how can we replicate it in the virtual or hybrid space, but how can we make it better and more inclusive in the hybrid and virtual space with the, these new tools and access in in different ways than we have now.
1: Wonderful, thank you. Okay, so is it always the leadership's responsibility, Dion, to to set the tone? Are there other things an an average employee perhaps can do to help their peers feel more psychologically safe?
0: Absolutely. Well, the leadership sets the tone. But when we think about psychological safety and inclusion, it is really the day-to-day interactions with your peers, your immediate managers that have the strongest influence, right? And so there's, and, and anyone in any position you are in, in any level of the organization, you play a part in creating psychological safety um, for yourself as well as for your peers around, right? So, and then there's two things, two parts to that, right? There's the internal activities that you can do, and then there's sort of the external activities. So the internal uh, piece, you can, st- you know, stay curious, stay flexible, um, be open to hearing other people's experiences, like listen just a little bit longer than you normally would without, you know, kind cr- Create your response, right, and and leave that door open for other people to sort of step in and stand into their space. Um, we talk about um, and then sort of externally. That's really allyship, right? That's the allyship piece, right? Using I call it using your superpowers for good. Um, you know, um, how can you support your um, your peers in a meeting if you notice? Um, you know, we know that women often get interrupted in meetings. And if you were, if you notice that that is happening, you can redirect the conversation back, right? So Sharon is talking, Jim jumps in before she's done. After Jim finishes his comment, you can come in and say, Sharon, let's go back to what you were saying. Tell us more about this. And you can redirect it right back to her, right? And so providing that sort of space and inclusion for her to, you know, to sort of jump back in. Um, I, um, going back internally, you, avoiding, Comparisons and competitions. There's, there's this unique thing when we try to connect with people. Oftentimes, we want to share um, similar experiences, right? So that we can say, "Hey, I, you know, yes, I, I felt that same thing too." But sometimes, when you do that, you're taking the focus off um, the other person, right, and off their experience. So, you know, in t- instead of trying to connect on that level of saying, "Hey, I would had the same experience too," let me tell you all about that. Is wow, you know that's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't ever heard of it that way. And, you know, and just pause and let that sort of sink in and save your your experience for, you know, sort of another time. Um, and so you can, you give them the space and the opportunity to let them know that their experience, their opinion, their idea um, is valued and it's important. And it's not, you know, you don't want to have to like sort of run it over all the time. And, uh, you know, and, and sometimes it can be as simple as, you know, identifying your own biases when you approach things uh, as up to just expressing, you know, gratitude and appreciation for um, someone stepping up and being vulnerable or sharing something or, you know, t- standing in the moment and having and having a word to say, because we, we know that that is a challenge to do um, for, for different folks. And so you want to make sure that you're supporting their efforts in showing up.
1: Awesome. Thank you. I completely agree. Okay. So I feel like maybe because you're such a a, a, an amazing orator um, and you've explained the case very well as as you've been going along you maybe have touched upon some of the the results of uh of having a psychologically safe workplace so far but maybe kind of as a as a summary of what we've chatted about today before we do look to uh, learn more about you and and wrap up uh, in two minutes or less. I'm going to challenge you. I like to do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, in, in in two minutes or, or, or less, and perhaps also summarizing some of the things that you've you've mentioned so far. What results do we see when a workplace is psychologically safety on? And as part of that answer, perhaps you can also share how does this fit with the broader DEI conversation?
0: The result, I would say, innovation, creativity. Growth, inspiration—these are the kinds of things we will see when a, when a workplace is psychologically safe. Because people will, no matter you know what their individual characteristics are, will be able to bring you know we talk about it their their whole selves, <laughs> their whole selves to work, right? And so that that creativity, that growth, that inspiration—that is really what drives innovation and um, psychologically safe places enable connection and collaboration which again are are key components to driving innovation and the other side of that too is that you know we talk about sort of on the business side but it's really employee well-being and retention right now we were we are sitting in the middle of the great resignation right and why because people aren't feeling valued. They aren't feeling safe. And so now they're switching jobs. We're, we're having a hard time retaining folks. Now we know it costs way more effort and energy and resources to acquire new folks. And so, we, you know, that, you know, effectively like hurts the business, right? So the, when we have our employees who feel better about being in the organization, they feel valued, they feel like they can participate equitably, um, they feel better and they will be able to again sort of open up in that safe space and provide more collaboration, more innovation. And so we have the business side of innovation, and then we also have on the personal side, we have the employee well being and retention. And in terms of the bigger, broader DEI conversation, it really gets back down to inclusion, right? Because psychologically safe spaces allow for people to feel included, and inclusion is the Thing the key that ignites the promise of diversity. You cannot have diversity. You cannot have the benefits of diversity without inclusion, period, full stop. And so you, um, by, by providing these psychological safe spaces, these equitable opportunities um, and inclusion, that is really how um, we gain those benefits of DEI. It's not going to help you at all to do all this upfront effort to to hire um, folks who have different diversity characteristics if they don't feel included and safe within the organization so that they can participate fully in all the ways that they are.
1: Perfect. And Dion, I'm sad to say we all coming towards the end of this interview before we wrap things up how can our listeners connect with you so maybe you want to share your linkedin maybe your email twitter perhaps you're super cool and you're all over tiktok uh and uh, i am not i'm definitely not um and also how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at aurea
0: yes great well thank you this has been absolutely wonderful you can find me um at linkedin linkedin um just Dion Schaffner. That's D I O N N S C H A F F N E R. Um, I am not on TikTok per se uh, from a business perspective. So you won't find any good info there, but LinkedIn is a great spot. You can find me on Twitter, D M. Um, S-C-H-A-F-F-N-E-R. That's D-M Schachter. You will find me there also. And then you can find out information about Aurea at our, actually, we just revised. Our website is looking very swanky at aurea.com. That's A-U-R-E-A.com.
1: Well, there we go, listeners. Aurea's got a swanky new website. So perfect timing with this interview. Um, I will have another look and, uh, and, uh, and make sure that we've got lots of links in the show notes when this episode goes live as well. Hey Dion, that just leads me to say for today, I've had a lot of fun. You obviously love what you do uh, that that comes through. Um, I'd certainly like, love to chat with you again in, in the near future. But for now, thank you very much for being my guest on this episode of the HR chat show.
0: And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you.
1: And listeners, as always, until next time.